Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By. We're on episode 84. Woo! Jake, you never woo. I don't, I don't believe in wooing. You should woo more. No okay, woos. Larry, What David. other noises can I, you I'm make? A, I'm, I'm anti-woo. We know what noises he can make, Jake. No, you fool. You've just given him license to get rid of everything else we've done so far. Ow. <laughs> right in the kisser. About uh, the next generation episodes, the Vengeance Factor and the Defector. As usual, I am Ames. Also, as usual, I am joined by Caitlin. <laughs> Donald Duck getting a blowjob for those who don't speak Duck. And Chris. You realize Chris is just going to have to dub your voice over again with it with a new. With Here, a I'll, new give, word. I'll give you a voice to dub in. This is Jake. <laughs> there it is. I'm trying to remember what the fuck happened in the Vengeance Factor because I did not like it. We're Utah. Uh, yeah, we go to Utah. No, we go to <laughs> Akamar Three, a planet led by Sovereign Maruk, who's telling us about oh we don't get along with the the Gatherers, part of our society, who we're having a gigantic war with until we kind of kick them out or they left or something happened. They don't like each other at any rate and haven't for the last at least century. Which is fine. But Picard says, you know what? You should really try to create some kind of peace with them. And Maruk is like, because they keep fucking yeah. our shit up. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll see what, like, if we can like establish some kind of peace. So we go down to a planet, Gamma Hiromi 2, to meet Brull, the, li- the leader of one of the bands of gatherers. Who, after some dithering about... Well, says, yeah, maybe, okay, maybe we'll, we'll come and see if we can establish some peace. I'll come up there and introduce you to our gatherer leader, Chorgan. Meanwhile, Maruk's little blonde assistant who has all of the boners for Riker goes and kills a guy in, you know, out of sight of everybody else. And they're like, oh, the guy probably just died of a heart attack. Whatever, it's probably no big deal. Until Bev looks into it and realizes, nope, something's fishy here. Let me jump, like, jump to all of these crazy streams of thought about how this could have happened because medicine and realizes huh he's of the Lornak clan and like 80 years ago or something someone else of the Lornak clan also died therefore there's a link it was also a heart attack out of the blue yeah, well, yeah you're not giving her credit i'm not gonna give her credit but we'll get to that in a second it was because 50 god years. damn it bev 50 years 50 years sure Yes. Bev starts to figure it out, and they start looking into the guy that died 50 years ago and realize, dun-dun-dun, there was a really shitty-looking photo that was taken of the guy that behind, like, all the, like, a crowd of people, you can kind of make out the top of the head of what might be Utah, but we're not sure, so the computer's like, yeah, sure, it's probably her. <laughs> Based on what we, like, what I can reconstruct of what the rest of her face might look like, Probably Utah. If I Photoshop Utah's face, <laughs> then it's her. It looks just like her. Totally her. So whilst Maruk and Chorgon are finally getting somewhere in their peace talks, and Utah's about to give Chorgan a ale of some kind, a thing of nice booze, and they realize, oh no, Chorgan's also of the Lornak clan, and she's trying to kill everybody of the Lornak clan because they killed her people a million years ago, and somehow she doesn't age, because that's another jump we've 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 established, another, <laughs> another string of the plot that needed to be there so the thing would make fucking sense. Utah, don't kill him. I must kill him. No, don't kill him. I must kill him. No, don't kill him. I must kill him. For about five minutes until Riker <laughs> just shoots the bitch and we're done. Shoots the bitch and we're done. Nice. Sorry, Riker, you can't get in there anymore because she vaporized. And then I guess. Well, isn't he kind of fucking her just by walking down the hall if she's been vaporized? <laughs> <laughs> he, puts, he takes his dick out and just walks through the room a couple times. Oh no! <laughs> saying. Commander, everyone is still here. Please put that away. The sovereign is scandalized. No, I'm not. You're scandalized. No, I'm not. She's also Mickey Mouse, which is fine. That's the vengeance factor, I guess. The defector, (laughs) we're flying around. We got a head. Oh, no, we're not even flying around. We start watching Data enacting some Shakespeare, which Picard is super into, until we get a message that, oh, no, sub-lieutenant Setal is a Romulan who's trying to defect and is trying to fly away from some Romulan warbirds who are chasing him in their crafts. 
he's asking if he can, like, hang out with us. And we're like, yeah, okay. We'll just extend our shield over you and beam you aboard. And I guess you you live with us now. Um, Dad, can we keep him? Oh, I promised to feed him and let him outside. But oh, Mom- no, don't let him outside. Don't let him outside. <laughs> All right, airlock. Finny. Uh, <clears throat> Finny <laughs> will walk him. <laughs> Satal is trying to offer the Federation important information about this Romulan effort to put to put some kind of a colony on a planet in the neutral zone or some shit that could be <laughs> advantageous to them and could also incite some kind of gigantic war. And Satal says, I don't want there to be war because, you know, think of the children, I guess. Don't think of the children. But think of things. So we should all head out and, and go to Nelvana 3 to see that they're putting a fucking base there and we should destroy the base so that we don't get into this war. And everyone's all like, yeah, we totally believe you, dude. Let's look into this. And they look into it, and, they see, and there's, it's really vague. They're like, there could be something there, but it's not clear. We're not sure, and our probes are really hazy, and maybe, but we're not sure, because it's also really, really likely this guy is fucking lying. Because if we go out there without there being something to, to check out, they're just going to up and kill us. Because whoops. Finally, they realize, okay, this guy isn't Satal. He admits that he's actually Admiral Jarok. And gives the Enterprise a whole lot of fucking information on the Rymelins. So I guess we trust him now. Because he told us what his password for the email is or something. He gave us access to Romulan Pornhub. Yeah. We do whatever he wants. Uh, we go out to Nirvana 3 and realize, but there isn't a base here, dude. Did you lie to us? And he's like, no, no. I really thought there was a base here. And then our, our friend Tomahawk from last week shows up. <laughs> Tomahawk! Saying, ha-ha, there's no base here. What are you doing here? If you're here and there's no reason, then we're just going to F you up and start wars and shit. And Picard's like, but wait, Klingon powers activate. And the Klingons show up to back up the Enterprise. And Tomahawk says, well, maybe not this time, Batman, but I'll get you next week and flies away and satal is sad because apparently he'd been duped all along and all of it was for nothing so he drinks some kool-aid no he eats his necco wafer oh that's what the necco wafer was yeah why didn't they confiscate the fucking necco wafer it was Bev! In, it was hidden in his boot and i don't know if you're aware about romulan foot odor but ooh. can't be any worse than klingon foot odor also that's racist. that's why they don't let Worf take his boots off Worf has to take his boots off at some point. How's well, he gonna get, yeah. uh, get... Well, outside of his quarters. Otherwise, he's yeah. got major trench foot or some shit in there. Oh, crewman Dax. <laughs> well, he never wore boots. That's true. He couldn't. From Star Trek VI. Oh. Perhaps you are familiar with Russian folktale of Cinderella. If shoe fits, wear it. And then he's got big, ugly feet. Like bird feet. Caw! I don't Anywho. remember that at all. Anywho. Yes. But it sounds like Chekhov thought he was pretty funny. He did, and then it blew up in his face. What a fuck. Kind the of boots? Like but we got a, a nice face palm out of Uhura. We did. Yeah. We did. Anywho. Um, Which wasn't in the script. That was just Nichelle Nichols. Yes. So <laughs> Who had not yet had enough to drink that day. There's Welcome something. What? There's something. There's something. Chris. I meant to bring up last week because it was in an episode, and I don't think we've talked about this before. What the actual fuck is up with 24th century Starfleet issue flashlights. You mean like the, the this kind? Yeah. Like we, hold it up? Yeah, we have to hold it in this really awkward grip because it's fucking... No, I feel like you always see like FBI shit or whatever, like cop shows where they kind of hold it. Well, yeah, but they've got like a nice... Thing. Holding it's more... They this have is hold awesome it radio, In this weird... Way. Like their hand... Like it's a Muppet? Yeah, which is just deeply uncomfortable. I cannot picture what you're trying to... Yeah, I have to, no idea what he's talking about. Mime and our, our listeners can't picture it. I have these... So, so listeners... That they hold, like, baseballs. Mid- yeah, they have to hold them really weirdly because they're shaped like... So it's like one of those sconces that you stick on a wall? Kind of. Yeah. Like one of those tap lights? Like it's it's like a tap light. Kind of, but it's a flashlight. It's yeah, fine. but listeners, just go back, look at the flashlights. They're just this weird... Very unpleasant to hold, inelegant shape, and it doesn't make any sense why they did this. But kind of like the Type 2 phaser, I guess they thought it would look futuristic. Speaking of, we've got the better Type 2 phasers now. Sure. The Type 2 phaser should just... It's radio, thankfully the, the listeners will not have noticed. Um, I noticed. The Type 2 phasers 
should have a built-in flashlight, and then we could avoid this whole problem. But then you'd be tr- tr- trying to flashlight someone, and then you'd accidentally shoot them. <laughs> so? <laughs> okay. But yeah, that, that's, that's one thing. Just... Really just head mount. Head mount is the and way the to go. Your rifles have they do. lights on. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think, I, I think... Are those just, like, the little red light on a sniper rifle? No, no, they actually have, like, big fucking <laughs> flashlights. I will say that I think, you know, that that is one thing Discovery did that made a lot of sense. Their little away team vests have built-in flashlights in the shoulder, which mm. much more ergonomic. Hmm. What I'm saying is... No, they need to face whatever you want to look at. That's, well, you still have to with a flashlight, though. No, you, no, you can really use yeah. your arm like this. This is, this is a ball and socket joint right true, here. True, true. I mean, not, nothing's perfect, but I will say that I prefer the built-in flashlight vest to holding an awkward vacuum Orb. attachment. What I'm saying is... I love holding awkward... Vacuum TNG made some choices for the sake of looking cool that didn't make sense ergonomically. Yeah, but that's because they didn't give a shit if you got carpal tunnel because Beverly would just it's gone. Mm. What needs what needs for being ergonomic when you can regrow a kidney with a pill? I mean, we've talked about this though with like the phasers, for example. Yeah, that look like remote controls. Yeah. yeah, it's just stupid. Yeah, it's terrible. I'm just being contrary. Or the batleth, you know? Come on. The what? I mean, that's I more. Ser- isn't that, isn't that more ceremonial? Yeah. No, I it's really. I think it's it's that it's it's so ingrained in the culture that yeah. even if it's entirely impractical, it's part of their society. I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, they do use it in combat. Okay, but think of this: we still use umbrellas. Those fucking things suck. I know, and I'm no surprised. one's improved on that shit. Well, there's the umbrella hat. <laughs> It's honestly the best invention. Just it never caught on. How do you fold up an umbrella hat? Yeah, but it could still fly upward, and it's not going to protect anything bigger than. Well, what other option is there if you want to keep rain off your nose? Yeah, unfortunately, there's just Dude, nothing. I don't know. That's what right I'm now. saying. But like, but just so the way you have to hold you them. Wear a just the way you have to hold them sucks. No, it does. But see, what you're talking about is improving something that should be improved with TNG with their weird design. What they've done is <laughs> they took a perfectly normal design it, for a flashlight and made it stupid. Yeah, and they took a step back. <coughs> That's fair. Mm. What do you think of those forks, though? Yeah, the those forks, forks are, are elegant, and they probably work, but who it looks knows? Like they, it looks like it's easier to stab yourself in the tongue. True. They're true. only like two tines, right? Yeah. I feel like that is the perfect length or width between them to, like, scoop up a pea. I bet eating peas is way easy with those things. That's the only good thing I can say about them. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Shall we move on to the vengeance factor? Yes. I didn't like If we it. have to. Well, this, I, is, this is part of the vengeance factor, because they beam down with the flashlights. That's what reminded me. Oh, did me. they? Okay. Yeah, I thought you were talking about it from last week. Well, no, I meant to mention it last week, but I was reminded of them because oh. this week also featured the horrible... I wondered why we were talking about it. And it's this I, episode I entirely. that has the... I mean, they may have appeared before, but this is the first time I noticed the improved Type 2 phaser. They beamed down to the Emerald are... City. Ooh. Yeah, his turn is very green. It was, yeah, it was very, very green. Data fucked the door to death. <laughs> Yikes. I must have missed that part. Oh, man. Worf tries to open Worf this door that's like stuck. He's like, oh, no, the door. No what one can get through this else? door. And it is like, whoop. They really should have had Worf go, I lotioned it. Aw. Yeah. Yet another example of Worf being made to look like a bitch. War- Worf only being used in a scene to make somebody else appear better. Because that always happens. I know. Why make such a big deal that Worf is this big, strong Klingon when you have this metal android who can do anything? It literally anything. Also, on the why are we using find the clitoris? Why are we using brute force to open doors? Yeah, like, I feel like you'd have some device, like a phaser a, that like could a, just disintegrate it, or like a uh, tractor beam device built into your face. Or those or grav something. clamps that we saw a million years ago in TOS. Yeah, yeah. something. Was I that feel the like, thing that carried what's his name around? That uh, uh, nomad. Yeah. Yeah. They did they use, did a, they did use it on Nomad, yeah, but they also carried the antimatter. Yep, oh, okay. yep, you're right. With it. it was like a the floating shopping ball. cart or yeah. something, wasn't it? It was like a... Like a it looked like a bike handle. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah, right. But yeah, I found the door situation in the on the Emerald City a little odd. Yeah. I liked it, because Data's cool. Mm. And then what? they found those people. They weren't dead. No, they were just heavily stunned. So and they were cool. They were fine. Apparently, yeah, we never heard anything. We more didn't know. We didn't. Yeah, I was very unclear. I mean, maybe it's because I was paying less than attention than I should have for this introductory scene before it's explained where the fuck we are and what the fuck we're doing. Mm. Uh, okay, we're we're checking out Green Planet, and some people wait. Some people jump up and attack us, 
And then later we we meet up with Maruk and we're like, oh, those gatherers, am I right? I have no idea what the fuck is going on. <laughs> Wait, so no, the the Emerald City place yes. was already attacked by the gatherers. But they were still there, ready to attack some more. No, there were no gatherers. Then who attacked? Nobody. What are you talking about? Oh, yo, you're making up an attack. You're that making up last... something that didn't happen. That's what I did episode. last week. I was making up <laughs> Nobody an attack. Nobody attacked. Right? Wait. There's they, an attack later. They, they So they're at the Emerald City. They go, they meet Maruk, and, Mar- and they're like, and Maruk's like, all right, fine, Picard. We'll go talk to the gatherers. Then they go into. Oh, it's because the gatherers stole a bunch of shit. Yeah, That's the ga- right. but the gat was before. That was pre. That was before the events of the Emerald City. Okay, we, we, learn, we see that they stole some shit. They're like, oh no, our blender's missing. And then they ambush them. Our toaster? When they're on the gatherer planet. Yeah. Right. Right. And Worf says, your ambush would have worked better. It would have been more effective if you bathed more frequently or whatever. And then Worf took off his shoe to show them what stink really stinks like. (laughs) And they were all felled. We meet the outrageous Brule. He did have sort of a uh, an O'Connor vibe. Yeah, he was really he was really cocky. Oh, yeah, he, he was really overacting. Didn't he want to be really good friends with somebody? Was it with Wesley? Yeah, of course. Like, there are plenty of friends that don't like me. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's exactly what it was. He was. He was like a, another O'Connor. He was like a like a a, a dirtier O'Connor. Yeah, in like bad. Who like, no, clearly... no woman on the ship wanted to fuck. No, uh... whoever. Troy probably did. Whoever designed the Gatherer costumes had clearly just seen one of the original Mad Max movies and was like, I can do that! Yeah, definitely had that sort of post-apocalyptic punk vibe. That yeah, tra- yeah. That, that the 80s was fond of whenever they did the post-apocalypse. And whoever and whoever did Brule's uh, boss's hair... Oh, God. Like that, that was a mullet to end all mullets. That guy was like the least threatening possible casting they could have done. He looked like an aged frat boy. Mm. He looked like fucking... Well, see, then that was really good, because that's what everyone's really afraid of. <laughs> I mean, he just kind of looked like Billy Ray Cyrus let himself go. A little bit. So, just like Billy Ray Cyrus? I mean, I haven't seen a photo yeah, of him in recent no years, idea, but... but I assume. But yes, I mean, like, you'd expect the head of this, like, roving gang of marauders to maybe come off as, like... Powerful... Or... Yeah. Nope, turns out he's just exhausted. He looks, frankly, like a Star Trek fan. <laughs> <laughs> he may have been. So, well, apparently, uh, Marita Sirtis's boyfriend, uh, who would later become her husband, plays one of the gatherers. Oh. The so, one that uh, Brawl hands command off to. So let's, okay. let's talk a little bit about the society, the societal structure here and in, in the, in the history... Of the Akamarians? Of the Akamarians, because... There might be some confusion there as well. So It's very confusing. So I'm going to piece it together and you guys jump in if I'm fucking this up. So for many, many eons past, the the Akarian planet was a clan-based system. Yep. Where there were families, basically warring tribes of, of extended families. Yep. And at some point, reform happened or peace was found and mm-hmm. you know we had the sovereign and we have you know and mo- most of akarian society settled down and said okay you know we're gonna give up this tribal warfare in in favor of having a functioning society the gatherers are simply those people that didn't conform to that system yeah and left and either and, left or were kind of forced out yeah and so they left and now they in order to survive they have to do this marauding because they're incapable of taking care of themselves yeah like the impression i was under was they either left right before peace was finalized or when it was still quite new mm-hmm. so they're you know they they never really saw the fully sort of chilled out version of of Aka, akamari akamai whatever. akamar akamar akamai so yeah like that but that yeah that was the impression Acapulco. i was under Acapulco. Acapulco. i was just hey. gonna say that mm. um and it turns out like so so we're gonna have lots to say about utah because god fucking damn it utah she's of the clan trelesta who is uh is in the servant class or she herself has just been a servant for her whole life even though she's 80 fucking years old well that's no one y- noticed y- she probably hasn't been, that's she had to have only entered the sovereign service relatively recently because the sovereign doesn't know she's 
really old. But she's she's really, really invested in being a servant. Well, here's another thing, too, right? So, she's the chef. Mm-hmm. And, and when, poison taster. And, Delicious. And poison taster. Which, it yeah. seems to me that you That's would want your chef of interest, right? and yeah. your poison taster <laughs> to be different people. Yeah, I agree. Like, having both, one person function as both of those yeah. defeats the purpose of, <laughs> yeah. of the poison taster. I mean, just don't just, put any poison in their food. You'll be all set. Just look at the Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. What happened? Slotted spoon. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Sally was both the tester and the chef at one point, and it totally blew up in Dr. Finkelstein's face. That's what happened. But yeah, Utah. Utah. Um, so now do we think... Now, so Utah's name was obviously Utah. Because, it, like, the Sovereign even called her that at one point. So is... is Do you think this is a veiled reference to the Mountain Meadows Massacre in Mountain Meadows, Utah? Tell me more, tell me more. Well... Folks, in olden times, the uh, Mormon settlers in Utah disguised themselves as Indians and attacked a wagon train of settlers and murdered like hundreds of them. Holy shit. Yeah. The and Mormons did that? Yeah, they totes did. It's real. And not unlike Utah's entire clan was murdered by the. Lorax. Hmm? Could be. I I like it. I mean, I don't... It feels far-fetched, but I love it. That's what I'm going with. I mean, it's less far-fetched than... I don't know. Her and Riker having any chemistry, because they didn't. No. Yeah, no, it was really painful. I that thought. wasn't great. Yeah, no. It, like, it just... I did not believe it at all. I mean, the fact that, that immediately they learned that, nope, this isn't going to work, because you're really into fucking... Being a slave, and I'm not yeah. into you being my slave. Riker does not like the BDSM. No, well, actually, I guess he still could. He's he might on the other side. Might want to be on the other side. Yeah. But yeah, no, the fact that they had like absolutely no spark causes sort of a central, important conceit of the episode to kind of just fall flat on its ass. I don't know. I I totally believe that she can't feel any attraction or excitement and passion towards anybody based on the way they I were mean, together. That was the sexiest scene for me. I mean, of all of all the romance scenes in Star Trek, that was the tops. No, the sexiest romance scene in Star Trek is that time Spock and McCoy are in the jail on Roman planet. Yeah, oh, God, I love that yes. scene. Why do you have to mention that? No, because it was. Better than that any of the supposed scene. romance in this episode. Yeah, but now I'm too excited to focus on this. <laughs> um, yeah, There's not much to focus on in this. It's really confusing. It feels like it feels like everything is kind of cobbled together to make this whole. Oh, she wants to have revenge for her people. But wait a minute. If, if she the, if also the, wants to fuck. If the if the big incident with the, the Terrellistas and the Lornax happened a thousand, like 50 years ago or whatever, how do we make it so that she's still young and hot? I know! She's been taking some kind of weird drug thing. It makes, it makes not, but it does make some amount of sense. Because you figure she was alive. Why not just have them be a long-lived people? Because it's creepier if Riker wanted to bang an old lady. Um, let's not yuck anybody's yum, okay? What? Listen, Miri was like 300 years old. That's true. Kirk totally wanted to bang her. But she also looked 12, so like... I mean, Kirk totally wanted to bang her. I know, and it's wrong in a lot of ways. Yeah, no, there's no reason with this episode why I couldn't have been, oh, a couple survived, which is what happened. But in this ridiculous script, the result was the few that survived were like, well, let's one of us use magical science so we don't age. And it's like, couldn't it have just been a couple survive and have descendants? Or you guys divvy up the people instead of one person has to kill everybody? Or, or just, that. Or just, yeah, or it's just like my, but, my grandparents were yes, killed yeah, by war because revenge. Because they were so into fucking clans to begin that with. That would have made more sense She than... was basically fucking Lenore from Shakespeare Man. What was it? Kodos. Oh, yeah. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Exactly. That's all you need. Yes. But they had to add in this weird bit. And it's barely explained. She's like, oh, they altered myself. It's like, really? Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey, might you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Bev, Bev, 
Bev, honey, you jump to so many conclusions off of I don't know so where you're getting this from. No, here's the thing. Here's the th- A, I'm really confused. So she barely figured out, oh, it seems that this virus was so specific to this person. There's no way it could have been, been naturally occurring. Really, Bev? Okay, sure. Let's go with that, because that's that's logical. That that is logical. Yeah, I I found that that acceptable. Because what she's saying is... This couldn't have been some kind of rare thing? This couldn't have... Because how, how? Because it was a microbe would, that was only able to kill him and like no one else. Because how would a, how would a virus like that even evolve? It could mutate. It could, it, or it could mutate specifically because it's in him or something. I, I think that that's. It's fucking the future. It's sci-fi. That's a yeah, possibility. Yeah, but so is, so is engineering a virus to kill one family. All right, so we go with that. We look at the, we get the history from the Akamarians. They send us all their medical history, and she's leafing, leafing, leafing through, and she realizes, huh, here's another guy that died of a heart attack 50 years ago, and they also said that it was some virus that was specific, to, that had the same imprint. This guy was supposed to have, have it appear that he died of a heart attack. How did the Akamarians figure out that it wasn't a heart attack as well? It's really, really fucking convenient that they that they figured it out. Well, that she, both people figured it out. Did they actually say? No, that, I think the Akamari just thought the guy died of a heart yeah, attack. I think Beverly she found, made the leap. Yeah, she yeah. found another because the whole thing was unexpected was, whole, heart attack. Yeah, the whole reason, from the same clan. The whole reason she was even investigating it was because. She was a, a shrewd doctor and was like, there's nothing wrong with this guy. There's no way he should have died. His heart was healthy. It turns out that the way the virus works is it blocks your autonomic impulses. So basically your brain just stops telling your heart to beat, mm. which is very strange. Mm. So that's why. And so it wasn't like he, like most people die of a heart attack because they have a clogged artery or their heart muscle is weak. Yeah, or something explodes. But this guy just his he just pulled a Padme Amidala. He just mm-hmm. died of a broken heart. Although I will say, maybe they shouldn't have called it a virus, if only because that worked really fast for a virus. Mm. That was the one thing that I was like, wait a minute now. She like touched him and he was like, well, I'm dead now. Maybe she also strangled him out. <laughs> Isn't it interesting that the that the sovereign's poison taster is a poisoner? Yes, well, I that's thought it's <laughs> because she's a woman. It's a woman's mm. way. Yeah. But yeah, so and then I think that I didn't get maybe I missed it, but I didn't get that they that the Akamarians had figured out that the Well virus. or at least in some way Bev Bev had all of the evidence there for her to figure it out. Like how if it's just medical records, how do you still have the trace of the virus in your records? Or I don't know. I, I don't very know. She, I don't even know if they knew that it was the same virus. I just think that then she, how did Bev she know? found another unexplained heart attack. She, no, she. I think she said she figured out that it was the same, uh, either not the same virus or the same the same mode of. Well, even at that, death. it's possible that they had it. Well, it was lit- it was not just unexplained heart attack because that's really, really too much of a reach for me. Why? If if every because remember this is the future where you know people say oh people don't just simply die anymore people don't just get sick there's always a reason so having somebody die they're without, aliens but she's a doctor and that's... she's shrewd and she's dogged so she I don't know I think she's quite pretty. Eh, sorry. She is pretty. Bad um, joke. I don't know. I, I don't see... I think everything Beverly did was actually really good in this episode. And, and I liked... I liked That was the aspect of this episode that I did like, was sort of the, the mystery oh, yeah. uh, it reminded It reminded me of Picard when he was meeting up with... What was his name? Kevin Uxbridge in The, the Survivors. When he says, Ah, oh, yes, Kevin is a is a magnificent creature thing and his wife doesn't exist and here's why and I figured it out with fucking no evidence at all. Thanks, Picard! I just don't think you're... I think you're not giving credit where credit's due. I think Picard was a... took a creative approach to that problem and I think Beverly was a a good researcher to uncover that. I think she got fucking lucky. Probably also at least a little bit true, yeah. With Picard. Ooh. Also, it's not like she was leafing through the records. I'm sure there's a search function. <laughs> I'm sure there's a search control check heart, attack. heart attack, unexplained L- Lornak plan. Clan. Sure, why not? Brown hair, well, blue she, eyes. Because well, she would have known at that point that it was the virus was specifically engineered, so that she could have narrowed it down to people who would have been vulnerable to it fifty years ago. Sure. Out of this entire society. If I mean these clan, I mean there was only three survivors of that clan, evidently. I mean, there's three survivors. There were three survivors 
left? I lost track of that. So there was a guy that died 50 years ago, murdered by Utah. I assume assume she picked up some more in the meantime, did she not? Well, I don't know. It wasn't mentioned, I guess. Hmm. But either way, the the old man on the planet and and the guy on the ship were the last two. It was just like fucking Conscience of the King again. Mm-hmm. And having looked it up, yeah, the records that Beverly was using did actually specifically say the guy had a heart attack brought on by this weird Mystery virus. Mystery virus. So there you go. Easy search. Well, how, did, how did the Akamarians know? Why did they not figure this out 50 years ago? Maybe they just thought it was a weird virus. And then they didn't have another case of it uh, for half a century and so. they didn't conveniently have a 50 year old picture of a woman that they knew had not aged at all and yeah. they're not as good as Beverly Crusher mm, that's the best possible explanation I, I remain dubious but thank you for trying she also totally ripped off the Ferengi and went with the hand poison technique mm, yes mm-hmm. well she wasn't gonna like I'm sure if he was a young handsome fellow maybe she would have thought of seducing him it was just like oh you're old and gross just tap it yeah, they're all kind of golden groups. Now, was it a poison or was it, was she just a carrier for the virus? Yeah, I assume she was sort of a typhoid Mary. Yeah. In which case, I wonder if she could have commuted the virus to other people to touch. Oh. That, that would is, be, right, that probably almost Because that would, be a great, that would be a great way to create, to like assassinate somebody. You could that be why she wanted to bang Riker so bad? So that Riker would go bang... Chorgon? Maybe. No, I don't know. That seems like something that would be uh, even like I can see that being a plot to a Bond film or something where like some oh we're someone's trying to assassinate the King of England. <clears throat> so they've infected. There the, is no King of England. There's a Prince Consort of England currently. Well, this is a James Bond film, so it's in the past or in the future. Maybe. Alternate timeline. Alternate timeline. Actually, Kelvin, during Kelvin the entire existence of the Bond franchise, it's been Queen Elizabeth because she is long reigned. Yeah, she's been in, what, like 50 some odd years, right? She's been in that many Bond No, 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 wait a minute. She's been in, no, no, she's, she's famous. Because he was, he was, he died in like the early 50s, right? So she's been on the throne like 60 years, almost 70 years. Yeah, she she beat Queen Victoria's record a couple of years ago. She's yeah, now the she's, longest reigning British monarch. She ascended in the 50s. Yeah. When did the first Bond book get published? Late 50s. Yeah, no, like, I wasn't kidding. Like, they have... It's always... There's only ever been a queen for James Bond. That's amazing. Um, well, either way... So yeah, that particular trying to assassinate the, can- the queen of England, so they engineer a virus called hemophilia. <laughs> oh, my God! Oh, my God! <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Does she have hemophilia? All the, all the, the royal family does. Go that was a goes, plot point in a Doctor Who where it's it, not actually hemophilia. It turns out they're all werewolves. It goes back to... Uh, oh, that episode's fucking awful. Was it like Victoria? The fucking, or yeah, it goes back to Victoria. That yeah. fucking CG on that werewolf was fucking garbage. And what's interesting that is that hemophilia is a recessive trait. But because of all the fucking inbreeding in Europe between the royals, yeah. it, it's just it's carried Everywhere. on. It's every, cool. like, you know, the, the royal families of... Germany and all these other places all have it. Of course, we all know Harry doesn't have it. Because he's, he's not, not hes not related? Yeah, he's not I Charlie's kid. I got it. I don't know. He might be. He's starting to get a little bit of the fug. Not as bad as uh, William, though. William's got it real bad now. Yeah. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, anyway. So this episode son. was... Like, I didn't hate it, but it was definitely, like, forgettable. Mm. I thought I thought it was trying too hard to, like, piece everything together. I think that uh, and failing the, final, the final scene really was what got me the most. Riker like, being sad? Well, no, 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 okay, not the final scene. The final confrontation. Because I feel like there was anything he could have done or could have gone differently where he didn't have to vaporize her. Yes. Mm. Because, I mean, she wasn't taking stunning because... Well, sure, but... Genetically advanced, you could have or whatever. beamed her off the ship. You could have fucking tackled her. You could have tackled. You could have had anybody else except for Chorgon, you know, disarm her. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Literally, everyone was just standing there, like. Yeah, even Picard's just in there, like, what's going on? You know, oh, I was oh, shocked that sh- he didn't intervene, especially after he started shooting. Him. Well, see, here's her, the thing, rather. Picard. Picard works best when he's not wearing trousers. Mm. So once he was seated behind that big desk, he just kind of slipped him off. He's like. No one can know I'm in my boxer shorts. Go number one! I shall cheer you from the sidelines! No, there's actually a reason for why Picard does absolutely nothing while Utah's getting vaporized. It was really? a cardboard cutout. No, her? it's because the, the director 
Timothy Bond really wanted Picard in the shot for some reason, but to make the optical effect of the phaser working, it meant that he couldn't really be moving. <laughs> so he, they just had him be still there, and then he realized, like, in the, the quote that I saw later, he was like, I realized I could have just not had him be in the shot, but this is how we did it. Well, this is how we did and then, it. And then the actual final scene where, where Riker's all sad, and Picard's like, well, I'll give you a couple extra days off. How's that? Um, I'll tell the crew. I was just like, really? I, I get that you had to shoot this woman that you kind of had a crush on, but like, yeah, but how often do you think really fucking mopey about it? How often do you think he has to kill people though? All the time, especially pretty That's ladies. What he does for fun. <laughs> pretty ladies. Ambo, he killed his own dad. Ambo Jitsu. That's a fight to the death. <laughs> but no, like really, like have we seen him actually kill anybody else? Um, because I would say he, uh, he killed uh, Remick, him and Picard. Well, Picard was there helping. Picard was there cheering. Plus, on. he got to he got to tell himself he was just zapping a horrible bug monster. Which I, I guess he was. what I mean is like Yuta kind of is a bug monster too, though. I feel like it's just different. Like I don't think it's because he like wanted to bone her. I think it's because like now she'll never make him that that delicacy he little, again. He got a little shell boring shock. salad. Yeah, I would guess. I mean, right? yeah, I, I actually, feel like if you kill someone at point so, blank range, so you're probably going to feel a little you shitty. Would think that. Okay, so, so so even in the present day, officer, police officer shoots somebody in the line of duty. They're going to the counselor. Mm-hmm. In the future, you go to the bar. Evidently, and the thing is, if you go to the counselor in in on this ship, you're going to your ex girlfriend, being like, "I really wanted to bone her," and she's like, "I feel that. I know." No, no, but she knew. Yeah, she was she all knew. set. She was like, "Oh, I was just leaving. Good luck, Will." I mean, really, she she just didn't want to eat that horrible food. <laughs> that pile of lettuce with some baby tomatoes? Yeah. Like, seriously, that's all it was. Cherry tomatoes, rather. Either way. Something I'll eat. Fucking Riker. And what is what? The, and what is this? So, the, this, the, Akamai, the Akamai people have rejected their, yeah, their tribal roots. But they all still have the, like, markings. So, they have that and there's, like... Clearly, some kind of caste system yeah. wherein, like, because because even though she's like, oh, I'm not a slave, I can leave whenever I want. She was a fucking slave. Let's be real. Yeah, she was like, I can leave whenever I want, but I'll never be free. Oh, it was because she'll, she'll never be free because she has to go and kill the people, or what? Yeah, yeah she, she like, felt she was still, enslaved to her. Maruk treated her like ass. I mean, I, I was honestly expecting her to treat her way worse, frankly, throughout the episode, based on the setup, but it never seemed to come Maruk to pass. said, like, oh, I don't need you for the rest of the evening. Hey, I saw you like Riker. Go, go, ha- Riker. go hang out with him. But yeah, it does feel like maybe Where they were trying her? to impress there was something, but they really didn't yeah. flesh it out. Like, maybe that was in an earlier draft and got mostly dropped, but not completely. Can I don't you, know. Can you believe the gatherers wanted three seats on the ruling council? Who do they think they are? I mean, how many shit. tribes do they encompass? There's the ruling council actually comprises about twenty million people. <laughs> <laughs> Three C's. Yeah, no, that it was a it was a serviceable but forgettable episode. I think I was yeah. no plus. I was I was I was mostly aggravated by all the weird plot holes. It's fair. Yeah, no, this is one like I don't think it would make. My bottom, but I will probably forget it exists within a year. I don't know. You know if season three is I good, it might end up there. I've I probably watched this episode a year or two ago, mm. and until they introduced Maruk, I still I hadn't remembered that I had watched this episode before. And yeah. I was like, oh right, Maruk. This one, Maruk, Maruk, Maruk is on fire. Um, so yeah, it, it is indeed forgettable. Um, Defector so, I liked. The Defector. Yeah, Defector was the good. Defector I liked that one. Oh, yeah, me too. It had a lot of really poignant things to say. It was very Cuban Missile Crisis, mm-hmm. which is what the writer was going for. I will say the opening Henry the Fifth bit, while cute, skosh too long. Picard, or uh, Patrick Stewart specifically suggested doing a Shakespearean thing because they were originally going to do a Sherlock's Holmes thing, Sherlock Holmes thing. But the whole fucking estate was like, Thing, yeah. no, how about no? And and they're like, fuck, we got to do something. Stuart, what do you think? He's like, ah, how about if we do Henry V? Because it has all this implications and because Shakespeare. And that way I'll be able to play Michael Williams, the guy with the really made up face. Yeah, yeah no, that was so was obviously him. It was like my they... understanding that Shakespeare also based Henry V on the Cuban Missile Crisis. He did. Yeah, that's true. But that, that's why, like, when they actually cut to Picard watching, I was like, oh, that's not supposed to be Picard right there. Ah, 
didn't hide them well enough, folks. That well, was a lot of fucking makeup. It was. It was, it was mostly the yeah. voice. The voice gave it well, away. the voice and the the nose. They didn't hide his nose. Well, well. you can't really. They could have made it. They could have covered it up with like make it a big beak. fake boils. Got a beak. But yeah, like no, yeah, I liked it. I just feel like they could have started it like a little. The, the scene itself could be a little shorter. Well, I think is that they wanted the the whole all the weight of the scene to have implications for the rest of the episode That's and blah, fair. blah, blah. Plus, when Picard got to quote it later, you had to realize he was quoting that and not just being ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, well, plus, I mean, people in Star Trek, like, quote things every 30 seconds. So. Is it The Simpsons? Is it a Simpsons reference? <laughs> I have no idea what it is, then. I gotta give this episode utmost credit for their use of musical cues throughout, because there were several times, especially near the climax of the episode, where... The music was just really on point. So, like, when, when Picard started quoting Shakespeare to Tomalock, they brought in that sa- the, the, yeah. the, sa- the song from earlier. And then when the Klingons decloaked, they brought in some of the Klingon theme. So here's what's actually really clever, because I noticed this. They were already subtly weaving it in mm. before they appeared. The Klingons? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. They, they were like, like, that's something I actually noticed, and I almost never noticed. They, they were, like, musically foreshadowing, like... He's yeah. got something up this is, this is possibly the best use of, of music in an episode since TOS. Yeah. TOS used music really well. This, this, I, Which, and usually in like, I'm usually very disappointed. Except for Finnegan. I was going to say. Oh, speaking of music and going back to. Uh, you're Sorry. right there, Caitlin? No. <laughs> <laughs> Go, no, on. He's Go on. Go on without me. Um, there was a moment during the ambush of the Vengeance Factory where they started playing this fucking video game music. And I, I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I, I can that. only assume that they're playing some kind of shoot 'em up game. Yeah. It was dumb. And um, I, I, did, like I it. did like the resolution to the ambush, though. Morph? I forgot to mention that. The, the, that you stink? <laughs> well, no, the, the igniting the uh, metal and then faking a beam up. Uh-huh. But anyway, that's the last episode. But yeah, no, I, I liked this one. I liked the way it worked. I liked the resolution. I liked that it was sort of a... a... It was sad Jarok had to die. Yeah, yeah but it was kind was of inevitable. Mm. Like, I just feel like he was... Yeah, he couldn't live in the Federation. I mean, it was mm. foreshadowed by him blowing up his ship. Yeah, nice. like mm. I think really nicely written. This was a Ronald D. Moore, and that's why he's yeah. very good. I think you like with that character, even if it hadn't been a deception on the part of the Romulans against him. Like even if he was right and he just prevented a war, he probably still would have committed suicide. Oh, yeah, he had that he, tablet because he wasn't. Because I was thinking he was very adamant throughout the episode that he was not a traitor, and he knows if even if he had prevented the war, he still would have been debriefed by. Starfleet intelligence. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know they the whales. The whales. Yeah, it wasn't that just they'd be like, okay, well, thanks for saving us from the war. Yeah. Have here's a house and you know on this shitty planet we found in looks Utah. Like your shitty planet. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. No, it's Utah's, like, Utah's dead. The the life of a defector can can vary widely. You know, I mean, um, the life of a defector sounds like a great Netflix show. Mm. Sounds like a John Le Carre novel. Well, that's so that's. But he's not just any defector. Also, like he's ex- he's very high ranking. Yeah, yeah. he was an admiral. Admiral. But yeah, like the, one of the more famous defectors of um, the Cold War, Kim Philby, you know, gave a lot of <laughs> on whom Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy is largely based. Yes, you don't have to read, watch, or see any of that. It's nah. excellent. But a lot of the intelligence, you know, he handed so much intelligence over to the Russians. But even after he defected, he was never fully trusted. And they just kind of gave him, like, a token job with the KGB where he didn't really do anything except collect a salary. He had this crummy little apartment. It it took them decades to finally, like, let him be involved. What did he think was going to happen? What did he think was going to happen defecting to Russia? It's not exactly... Well, he thought he'd be integrated into the intelligence community there more directly Mm. and get to be sort of part of the system. Have a slightly less crummy apartment, though? I mean, I don't feel like... I mean, if you were high enough in in the government, you got to have all sorts of nice shit, so yes. Well, that was silly, wasn't it? But yeah, but even in the West, you know, it's like, great, thanks, you did this stuff for us. What the fuck do we do with you now? Yeah. Kind of like the end of Discovery, when who's it and what's it go off together because they don't fit in any society. That's true. Discover spoiler. Yeah, you know the who's Emperor it and, what's it? and um, Vok. 
Oh, 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 yes, 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 yes. Oh, right, then. They didn't come off together. Yeah. No, no. No, Vogue Vogue went off with with Laurel. Oh. And the Empress went off on her own. Oh, I thought she went with somebody. No. No, there there was that. Oh, no, no, that's right. The two of them were outcast because she was, like, the one that was going to blow all the Klingons up if they didn't get their shit together. And he was like, I don't know, I'm a dude. Wait, he was like, I'm neither Klingon nor human anymore, and no, neither side will fully trust <laughs> but me. But also, and... I know you like to fuck me, so I guess we should stick together, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so let me see them titties again. Yeah. But, um... Hey, I just met you, and this is crazy, but I am Klingon, so fuck me, maybe. And... Jay. I've got the oh, organs no. now we're still to satisfy this. you. Nice. <laughs> but, you yeah, know, yeah, there is... It, it, like, he never... What was the Admiral's actual name? Jarok. Jarok, like, what the fuck would he have done? What would they have done with him? Like, mm. Apparently it, in the original premise of the episode, he was telling the truth and there was going to be a thing there. Well, he, he was telling the truth as far as he knew. True. Well, yeah. the, what he said ended up being true. Yes. I think it's better this way. Yeah, definitely. Made for a more tragic episode, certainly, but... Intense. It was a very tense episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. I genuinely spent a lot of... Because I, I, if I've seen this one, I'd forgotten it. So it was very much like, I genuinely, I have no idea which way this is going to go. Well, what what did anybody who hadn't seen the episode or read the synopsis? So Caitlin. Caitlin, what, what were you, did, what did you think throughout? Did you think he was telling the truth or did you think it was a lie? I figured he was telling the truth. Mm. So you expected there to be a base? Yeah. I think, yeah, I spent a lot of it. See, I don't think I ever saw this one, but I spent a lot of being like, I honestly wasn't sure for a long time. And then ultimately, I think I ended up on his side once Data kind of half-befriended him. Mm. I was like, eh, if they're having Data get along with him, maybe he's okay. The scene between uh, Jarok and Picard was also pretty good when, was when they were in there. Yeah. The ready room and Picard's basically like, put up or shut up. Yeah. And then he's like, let me tell you about my kids. Mm-hmm. And Picard's like, no, please don't tell me about your kids. You realize I hate them. I'm not giving any more kids jobs on the bridge. God damn it, we're done. <laughs> Picard outplaying Tomalock with that whole uh, oh, that Klingon great. maneuver. That was yeah. that was good. And you know, it was and it was another thing where it's like they very sort of subtly yeah, yeah. dropped it earlier in the episode. Yeah. Like, oh, he's got Worf is working on something secret, but they didn't make a big deal of it. They're just like, hey, Worf, come talk to me. Hey, Worf, the Klingon, go answer the phone. The, go answer the phone. Yeah. So it was genuinely Although, a surprise when the Klingons showed up. Well, I'll admit, actually, I had picked up on that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's going to have backup. Okay. Yeah. And I, which may be why I noticed they were integrating the Klingon theme a little early. Because mm-hmm. I was waiting for them. And then so the music was like, hey. Was anyone else confused by the scale of the of all the different models and all the the ship scenes? Yeah, I think the the birds of prey were too big, way too big. So yeah, something looked wrong. They were, they were about places. the same size as the warbirds and the warbord. The war the warbord. Warport. The warbirds. Sound clones are they're, enormous. Yeah, they're like a bigger than a galaxy, right? Yeah, well, like not by like, loads, but there's enough. Nothing you can tell on this model for scale, but. I mean, you could you could see like the windows on it. Like yeah, it's probably it's, like eighty decks. Yeah. Whereas a we you know we've seen a bird of prey in scale to things in Star Trek Four. Like it's not a big ship. Yeah. I mean, no, Star Trek Four was also almost what eighty or so years ago. But it's the same. They could ship. be bigger. No, yeah, big, they wouldn't. The they wouldn't ship. have made them that much bigger though. I think like it's the same ship, and like. Yeah, these are again. These models don't have anything for scale, really. Well, actually, this does because you can kind of see the windows here. Yeah, so our audience can't. But no, right. but it's. I would say that the bird of prey is maybe eight decks tall. Yeah, like from, it, at the body, not including the wings. Yeah, like even if they did make them bigger than they had been in the TOS day, well, TOS movie days, you still get the impression they're supposed to be, you know, little nimble strike things, which is why you know, they, like the yeah. the 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 D whatever in the what Warsha are they big fuckers. Which I don't think we've seen a Borsha yet. Those come later. One of these guys? Yeah, it's the big blue flat one. But we'll, I, I'll have to find pictures of these to post or something. I yeah. love... Actually, I'll take photos before I leave. I, I love that you gross. just have all these dusty. all these uh, models hanging around just for such an occasion. Because mm-hmm. I never have any clue what you all are talking about when you talk about these ships. Mm. But yeah, that was the one thing, yeah. Whoever, you brought that up, right? It was yeah. the scale. Yeah, the, the, the birds of prey did seem a little too big. The mm. birds of prey? Oh, I guess. Looked you... like, they looked almost. There was this scene where where uh-huh. the Enterprise takes the scouting ship in its uh, shield. shield machine, and the 
Romulan ship that has been chasing it is also in framing. So you see all three ships and they all look exactly the same size. <laughs> and it's like, what is the depth of field here? Because I can't fucking tell in space. Yeah, it could also be like, with the Birds of Prey, especially as two of them were so close to the camera, they were trying to do a, like, they're closer, so look bigger thing, but it didn't quite work. Well, the ones that were behind... Yeah, they, those, those were still definitely really off. Are, yeah, those yeah. are really wrong. Having said that, though, yeah, I, th- I, I didn't notice as much of a problem with the scale in the early scenes. I just assumed that it was like... Okay, the scout ship is closer. Yeah, and the and the but yeah, the scout ship that like had windows that you could see. It was clearly not much bigger than a shuttlecraft. Yeah, it was supposed to be pretty small, but it did seem kind of too big in a few shots. Yeah. Mm. It was pretty when it exploded. <laughs> so yeah, Picard and, not really. That was a good shot there. Picard standing, like, giving a talk, and then <laughs> motherfucker! I already sent Jordy over there. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, yeah, and and Jirak's insistent insistence throughout the episode that he was not a traitor, I found to be very interesting because he really doesn't think of himself that way. No, know? he thinks he's saving lives. He's yeah. saving us from war. Mm-hmm. Well, it's that old thing how like the villain is always the hero of their own story, right? Yeah, which he actually does yeah, say he explicitly. Says he says mm-hmm. one one world's butcher is another's uh, hero. Hero, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. really nice when they when they call him though the. The man who orchestrated the massacre, massacre at whatever planet. And he says, oh, we called that the campaign, campaign at whatever planet. Mm. I had forgotten how quickly Tomalak comes Yeah, back. yeah, I knew he said he'd be back. I was not we expecting We just him. met him two, yeah. episodes two episodes ago. And here he is again. Yeah. They should have called him Boomerang. Ha! <laughs> Sorry, I'll see myself out. <laughs> uh... So he's, it's always a pleasure to see Tomalak. And, like, he is a little cartoony. He's a little Tiny mustache bit. twirling, but I like him. <laughs> <laughs> I've got you this time. Looking forward to seeing you next time. Next time, Gadget. Next time. So, so do we think that, like, so obviously, it seemed, they seem to have, the Romulans have gone through to a lot of trouble. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not like. Faking, faking all this stuff for Jerox's. Yeah, for months and yeah. months. It well, sounded I, like, could right. see, I could see it being like, well, we need. We it's not enough that we like arrest him for sedition or whatever. Yeah, we need to like completely disgrace him because he's a hero. Yeah. Well, and also if we're gonna lose this hero, let's yeah, let's yeah, also so like, get a like, war out of it. Well, then then that's, you have yeah, the whole war thing. So I kind of exactly. wonder, like, I can sort of see the the Romulan high command or the the intelligence services being like, yeah, we need to. Okay, we want to get rid of this guy. He's a kind of a pacifist. He's asking a lot of questions. We need to get rid of him, but we can't get rid of him because he's a fucking hero. So we need to disgrace him. And what better way to disgrace him than to get him to betray us? And then I feel like maybe Tomalak came in and was like, Oh, by the way, this fucking Picard guy really pissed me off. (laughs) So let's fuck with him too. Well, plus if they really, really wanted, like for the sake of drumming up... Uh, war fervor back home, they could totally sell it to the general populace as 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 the admiral having been in on the scheme the whole time. Oh, I'm sure, but, and I'm and I'm sure. Like the sad thing is, I'm sure his family has been killed. Oh, almost certainly. Oh, that's no. Or at I, least, I was thinking that. Too. Or at least sent to the Romulan yeah, equivalent. They're not. Of they're not doing. They're not doing well. I don't know about that. There's apparently a short story in which um, Picard actually does get a chance to deliver the suicide note. Yeah. Is it canon? I don't know. I doubt it. it might not be. Yeah, it's not. It's. Yeah, I mean, generally, it would be. It would certainly be, bring disgrace upon the family at the very least. Yeah, no, they they would wind up in a bad position. Yeah, because unless I, like some other high ranking Romulan had maybe also been kind of eyeing his wife anyway, and then he could swoop in. Maybe. But yeah, no, they they would lose a lot of status because of that. And again, even if not killed. And maybe not Repente, but they were certainly sent to whatever Romulan Siberia was. Mm. I like there were there were a lot of fine little details in this that I liked that mm-hmm. made it really feel like sciency and like they put thought into things. Yeah. One of those was like when Jarok is asking the replicator to get him some cold water. Oh, yeah. Whatever degrees in whatever unit of measurement he uses, and they're like, we don't we only use fucking Celsius, dude. And he's like, fine, fuck you. And it's like and you're reminded like, right? These people don't know what the fuck Celsius is, mm. much like Americans. <laughs> Although it's interesting that. The 
that they didn't have the molecular structure for Romulan ale. Yeah, because it's... Scotty drank it all before they could, <laughs> they could test it. it. Well, so they didn't have that, which I can be like, okay, well, maybe nobody ever thought to, like, scan it. Mm. Scotty thought to scan it. But, no, he drank it first. Um, I don't think he'd, he'd put but that priority. But, like, but the, so, in like, Data's like, well, we know very little about your people. And then he's like, oh, I'm going to perfectly recreate this environment. From yeah, that, I thought that was like, weird, too. Like, like, how did he know how to program what Romulus looked like? And it's not like Jarok showed him, because Jarok was surprised where they were. Oh, it's this place Although, I've been. I mean, it is one thing to not know a lot about the fine details of a society. It's another to know their topography. Mm. You know, they could have, uh, you know, again, to use, Send a, a probe. to use a Cold War metaphor, we had enough satellite images of fucking Russia that we probably could have recreated cities. Yeah, but satellite pictures of Russia is one thing because it's on the same planet. Well, yes, I'm talking some sort of weird fucking probe okay. or they Vulcan bought information so I feel like somebody. yeah but I feel like even at the height of the Cold War we still had vodka yes that's true that is a bit of a stretch like the fact that they did not well, know how to of course illegal yeah it was, yeah there yeah. was an embargo it's like Cuban cigars but we're thinking about it this way though if we look again at Star Trek 6 at that period looks like Earth, uh, the Federation, and the Roman Empire were maybe getting kind of chummy. At least on that one planet. So, well, because they had the fucking Roman ambassadors chilling out in the president's office. So there may have been some exchange of some information at that point. Mm. Although Romulan is still embargoed, as stated at the dinner. Really, what probably comes down to is, in reality, the replicator probably does know how to make Romulan ale. It's but, on the secret menu. Yeah, well, yeah, like, Data doesn't know, because he's just like, no, of course we wouldn't have it. It's, it's illegal. Oh, because he's Aww. a robot. Yeah, so if, like, he, if he'd asked Riker, he'd be like, what? of course you need a fucking Romulan ale. It might also just be locked out. Like, it might Yeah, be... you might have to know how to. Like, like you know, like, Troy couldn't get anyway. real ice cream. Yeah. But it's <laughs> replicated anyhow. It isn't like yeah, you're actually make, giving Romulan sure. money. Yeah. I will true. say, though, because it's a diplomatic vessel, right? In many cases. It can, some, make, it can make fucking gah. Yeah, like, I'd like to imagine Not that alive, reality, yeah, it that. actually does know a bunch of different temperature systems, but just out of spite, they never gave it the Romulan ones. Also, I'm sure that if Gaiden was working that day... She would have been like, oh, Romulan ale? Yeah, oh, yeah. I got some here under the box. They were going to let him intend forward That's on his own. That's where he was. I thought it was in his quarters. No, because Data was there they, staring they, at him. Yeah, they, they were Oh, I'm thinking, I, thought, I was thinking oh, like, no, when, when he, was, he was in his quarters. No, when oh, he wanted know. the Romulan ale, he was in Tennessee. Right, right. Yeah. So he just asked for a glass only. of water in his, in his quarters. Celsius yeah. yeah. only, dear. Yeah, I know. Guyton totally has a stash of, like, all kinds of shit. Yeah. Green shit and everything. There was also a um, delay in getting that message from Federation... Central or whatever, saying, "Oh, by the way, the Rhinelands say they want him back," and we obviously obviously said no. And I really like that there was that time delay mentioned. But that's the thing; like that that device is it's inconsistent. It's very yeah. inconsistent because sometimes they can just talk just but like. But they're way out by the neutral zone, so you assume they're far away. See, what I told myself for it to make sense in this case is that the level of whatever security encryption they put on it was such that it couldn't mm. go through faster channels. Uh-huh. That's, ah, the, that's, smart. That, that's how I justified it. Because you're, you're right, it is very inconsistent as to like how bad the delay is. Or they have to leave a voicemail for Picard because he was busy directing data in yes. play. And his voicemail box was full. Yep, Motherfucker, yep, yep. delete your old voicemails. I, I do like happens, how really. the Federation encryption, because they show the, Feder- the, the yeah. Federation logo like coming into focus when yeah. they first turn on. I'm like, man, that's not even as good as like scrambled cable. <laughs> like the, the Romulans could totally figure that out. Hmm. We know what it is. That's just the sim- that's just the symbol looks like. If you intercept that transmission and don't decode it, after the blurry symbol, it's just Goatsy. Oh. oh. It's that particular admiral. Right oh, no. We strongly suggest you. Distrust him now. Yeah. Was there a reason Troy didn't read him? She was in the interrogation. But she, but he was being honest. There was nothing. Yeah. There was nothing. But she, him. I mean, she never like brought it up. It was never Troy. What do you think? She, she's gonna be like, well, I feel didn't no she, deception. Didn't she at one point in the beginning? Did she? Well, she did say she during the interrogation. She did say he was holding something back. Oh. Okay. And you know, we eventually found out what that was. His fucking name and rank. Yes. <laughs> and history and kids. Yeah. And it, it is interesting how pretty much everybody except for Jordy pretty much thinks he's full of shit until he. Gives up the goods to Picard. Yeah. What does Jordy think? 
He's the one that's got the gut feeling, and then he has to explain to Data what a how, gut feeling, what a gut feeling is. Data is so where, 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 where Data falls into the the Spock trap, where it's like, how have you never heard this expression before? You know what, you know what I was thinking? What what would Data be like if instead of being you know around people all the time, he were around Vulcans all the time? Data, oh, he'd be insufferable. <laughs> He would be like Spock to the 10th power. So even the Vulcans eventually would be like, would you please chill? It is illogical, as Vulcan is 800 fucking thousand degrees. No. (laughs) Data Data and Spock, they they gotta meet. They gotta gotta be in a room together. I would would actually, I would be into that. Ooh. I just think so much of the time Data is like learning how feelings work, whilst Spock issued that year. Yeah, Spock's years like, years why ago. do you care about feelings? And I don't know, but he, he gets to learn about feelings primarily through playing dress up, which is adorable. <laughs> they have to throw Data a Halloween. Oh, he would love it. He would, he would get candy. He would get to say trick or treat, and he mm. wouldn't understand why. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> but counselor, why would I want them to smell my feet? Yes, exactly. Counselor, I do not have sweat glands. My scent is neutral. That's cute. So I thank you for the treat, but I cannot digest this candy. <laughs> as much as I enjoy the dedication to authenticity when they use the holodeck, do you think anybody would actually go through the trouble of getting dressed up? Data would. I think a lot of people Picard would. Picard definitely would. I think it's because it's, it's escapism. Anyway, and I guess, in a, I guess when you can just like replicate any costume you want, it's not that big a deal. I guess. Yeah, and then you get to keep it in your wardrobe forever and ever. Don't and cosplay that shit. Get into some kinky shit. Sure, I, I have this theory that like all that stuff, stuff they just crumbles. throw it back in the replicator no. and it like sucks it back in. Yeah, like what I was saying about just pushing stuff into some sort of Mister Fusion pit. That yeah, it's in. just like it recycles shit. Yeah, it's also the toilet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd like to think that maybe if you wanted to keep it, you could. I'd like to think that somewhere in his. Uh, Closet data has the hat he wears in the Dixon Hill. I mean, it's so rare. Even off duty, we don't often see Starfleet officers out of uniform. No, that's true. Except for the women. The, the women. women! <laughs> the for some reason the women are always out of uniform when they're off duty. But but like Riker just like get, gets a beige in his in his uniform. Yeah, he had it specially tailored so that he wouldn't have to take <laughs> it off. Yeah, I mean, that's... amazing new invention called a zipper. <laughs> Yeah, but it's in the back. Oh, he's got a little hidden one in the front for his uh, ding dong. There we go. He just transports the front of his pants away. Ooh, that's never needed. But yeah, no, that's that's. No, it's a holographic thing like the Mentakin duck blind. Always out. Oh my god, the, the, the reactor went down, and, no. like, and like that reveals, and like his nipples appear. <laughs> And a proto Vulcan gets electrocuted. I actually, I actually saw a webcomic. No, no. Oh no! Palmer falls out. There we go. Oh no! I saw a webcomic the other day where the whole Jordy trips and his visor comes off, and and uh, Wesley's with him. And he's like, "Oh, I've always wanted to look like this," and he's like. Wes, no! And Wesley's looking, and, you know, he turns around, and people have shown up, and they're all, like, their clothes are all missing. <laughs> um, but what was amusing me is that uh, Riker's beard is also missing. Mm. That's a good touch. That's an interesting nice point, though. I bet you Jordy can see through people's clothes. Almost definitely. Mm-hmm. And does all the time, because he's a fucking creep. Actually, it would probably just be, like, weird, blurry shapes that wouldn't mean I mean, we did see thing. how actually shitty... yeah. His vision is in that episode. Where he doesn't see fine detail. Demonstrated the visor. Yeah. The thing we still have not seen again. No, we never will, I'm sure. Listen, everybody in their day has masturbated to, uh, you know, staticky Skinamax, so that's really mm. all it is, right? Exactly, just like uh, Starfleet secret communiques. <laughs> uh, all right, well, is that all we have to say about these shows? Is it? Good. Um, I, yeah, I'm sure. I, I, because I'm I'm very predisposed to anything with kind of a you know double agent Cold War vibe, so it's mm. it's good to be confirmed by other people that yeah no this was actually a, a good one. Well, yeah, Ro- the Romulan episodes have a tendency yeah, to do yeah, that. Yeah. It's 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 nice to see them doing the Romulans properly after kind of fucking yeah, them up in the first two seasons. I think they're redeeming themselves. Yeah, I yeah. like the Romulans. 
Because they, I really enjoyed what they did with them in TOS, and it's nice to see them getting some due in uh, yeah, yeah. this TOS. After the first two seasons, they were like, we're back, and you're like, fuck you. Now they're like, no, really, we're here now. And you're like, cool. We're doing what Rhymes are supposed to do. We're playing fucking mind games and being weird. Yeah, I think yeah, out with this, is probably, this is probably the best Romulan situation we've had since Enterprise Incident. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. With the with the female commander, lady commander who was I like, liked the, the enemy last week. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, but I, well, yeah, I we say that, that was that was where they were starting to improve as well. Yeah. Well, I was thinking it was my favorite Romulan episode since Balance uh, of October there. Oh, Balance uh, of Terror. Yeah, yeah, Balance of Terror. Yeah, well, Balance of Terror had Mark Leonard, so yes. Mm-hmm. In another, in an, I want, I, I don't, I can't picture Tom Locke ever saying someday, you know, in another oh, yeah, life yeah. we could be friends. Tom Locke would just be like, fuck you, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, fuck you. Fuck you very much, thank you. Yes. Why don't you go play hide and go fuck yourself? Although, I would say, Picard's final line about delivering the letter to the, to the wife and kids did kind of remind me of the, the Mark Leonard mm. commander thing. Yeah. yeah. I feel like the line itself was maybe, on paper, a little cheesy, but Patrick Stewart made it work. Well, so well, kudos, kudos to him. Brought a tear to my eye. Mm. He prefers chewy granolas over kudos. <laughs> All right. Well, next week on this show, Star to Steer Her By, two more episodes of Star Trek Whoa. The Next Generation, Whoa. The Hunted, and Obi-Wan Kenobi's favorite episode, The High Ground. <laughs> <laughs> He famously got the high ground on Darth Vader and chopped him up. Episode three in that movie. Oh right, yeah. I've uh... like that was the how stupid that movie was. Where like they have this big epic battle and it ends with Obi Wan Kenobi saying, "You better give up now. I have the high ground." And then Darth Vader tries to leap over him. And misses. And misses. And Obi-Wan and gets, Kenobi cuts gets, off all of his gets, fucking limbs. All of his limbs. I think he had one arm. One arm left, yes. It was his robot arm. Yes. So he had no arms or legs. And he was kind of burned. And then he was like, it's merely a flesh wound. And, and Obi-Wan and, Kenobi was like, and Obi-Wan like no, it's not your arms off. Kicks him into the lava. Was like, hey, you know. And he still survived. It's impressive. Well, you know, the... the Dark uh, side of the force kept him alive. More machine now. Though, yeah. Emperor Ovaltine came in. Emperor Ovaltine! Multi chocolatey oh, goodness. How long has it been since we talked about Star Trek at this point? Let's talk about granola again. Ooh, it's uh, delicious. Mm, so where where are we on the internet? We are on the internet at Facebook. Search for a star to steer her by. You can also find us on the twits and the tums, where you can look at our twats Twi- and our. Twits and Thumbs. Tums, Tumblr and Twitter, SSHB Podcast. Those are our social media channels. You can also listen to this podcast on YouTube. And No, you can't. No. no. I don't nope. think so. We're not, not on YouTube. For scrap- psych. Psych. <laughs> that, was, that was a dirty bet you, lie. Bet you were already looking up YouTube, you fucking pleb. <laughs> <laughs> we got you good. Uh, no, ah. we're not on YouTube. Remove all that egg from your yes. face. Yes. <laughs> we'll be on... Um, We'll be on uh, SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. And that was good. It was. Uh, and we'll be on Apple Tunes, iTunes, yeah. Apple iTunes, and va- Vape. Yeah, Vape. We Vape. Yep. We'll be on uh, Google Tunes. It's like you get drunk at the end every time. Go- You're Google. not even drinking, but by it's the end a, of the show. It's his character. He Google does Google iTunes. All the tunes. And on SoundCloud. So you can get us on all those things. And also Facebook. So make it happen. Make it so, as Captain Picard would say. I think that's all we have for this evening. My name has been Jake. This has been Chris. This has been Ames. And this is always Caitlin. See you later. Perhaps someday I can deliver that letter, that suicide note you wrote, to your wife and kids. (laughs) For peace. (laughs) 